Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, I like to call this podcast uh, Parting Shots Podcast Extra. Uh, we were planning to uh, have uh, sports editor Michael Kelly come on uh, the podcast or the, on uh, Friday and talk uh, college basketball with uh, Sienna's, uh, the men um, being eliminated early in the MAC tournament. Of course, New Albany, uh, Albany men's coach Dwayne Killings. Uh, Sienna fired their women's coach, Allie Jack. But uh, uh, due to some scheduling conflicts uh, and uh, with uh, the news that Carmen Massarella, the Sienna men's coach, is allegedly a top candidate for the uh, head coaching job at Fordham, we decided to wait uh, for next week's podcast to talk about uh, college basketball. So uh, we apologize in advance and uh, hope you get a chance to enjoy this podcast. We're going to talk Sienna Lacrosse. Haven't had a chance to uh, talk with the coaches, uh, Liam Gleason for the men and Abby Rafus for the women. I talked to both coaches on Monday about their uh, programs. The women's program's off to a 3 0 start, their best start in program history. Here is Abby Rafus. Well, Abby, appreciate you coming back on. Uh, it's been a year since we chatted. Of course, a lot has changed in the in the year. But how are things with you and uh, teams off to a great start? Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Um, yeah, really pleased with how our team has started this season. Um, you know, we just came back yesterday from uh, our third win against Manhattan, and hopefully, we can carry that into this upcoming weekend. We have a, a difficult doubleheader out at Niagara uh, this upcoming weekend, so. Busy week, but happy with where things stand right now. Uh, yeah, when this season began, I mean, what was it going to be like, not knowing or not knowing if you're going to play with, with this, obviously with the COVID? Uh, how did you prepare for the season uh, as far as getting ready to play, or maybe having some pauses? Yeah, I mean, this year I think has been difficult for everybody, um, but I think for us you know, approaching the fall with, we're doing the most that we can do with it, you know, what our restrictions are. So we, um, we were practicing on a pretty consistent basis all fall in small groups, um, per the school rules and Mac rules and, uh, even just County and state rules. And then, um, you know, the girls went home for a really long extended winter break. We didn't actually start second semester until February 22nd. So they were home from Thanksgiving all the way until then. Um, so, I think that was probably the most challenging part so far of this year was finding a way to keep them engaged and still learning. Um, and so, you know, once January rolled around, we kind of invested a lot of time in doing Zoom calls and meetings with the team, um, going over, you know, chalk talk, film, and all that good stuff. Since we knew, um, you know, once it was determined that we were going to have a schedule, we knew that once, you know, we came back to school, our, our practice time was going to be so limited. We only had like two weeks um, to really get things going. And, you know, I have a big freshman class this year. And, um, you know, for them, they haven't played lacrosse in the better part of two years. I mean, I, I don't even think this fall necessarily counts because we were doing such individual um, skill-based work. So, I mean, they, they really, I give them a lot of credit because they had to come back in, uh, this spring and, and, and learn a lot right from the, from the jump and also just, 
you know, it's one thing to see it all on film. It's another thing to go out and adjust to the fast pace of college lacrosse. And so far, they've done really well, and the team's done really well. So, like I said, really pleased. Does that make it more impressive that you're off to a 3 0 start that you, you, you had individual workouts, I mean, limited workouts, and then really nothing until, you know, two weeks before the season started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, obviously, every other team throughout the country is faced with, um, you know, the same situation. But I give, I give our kids and I give players around the country a lot of credit because I think this season has just required so much discipline um, in a lot of different respects. Obviously, with following COVID rules, number one, there are a lot of sacrifices that players have to make just in terms of um, social decisions that they're making when they're away from the field. Um but also, like, for us, with the extended winter break, um, you know, just following their workout packets to a T, following their stick skills packets, um, and staying engaged in, you know, learning, um, whether that was through, you know, team Zoom calls or setting up individual film sessions with kids. So I'm definitely, I'm impressed, and I think what I'm, I'm most impressed with by our team is just the fact that everyone's in good spirits. Um, I think they came back in good spirits despite all of the, the lockdown nonsense that's been going on for the past year, which obviously has to happen for you know obvious reasons. But I think it's been really, really tough to be a college student this year. Um, and I think it's even more tough to be a college student athlete um, just because you're so limited in what you can do. And I think we learned a lot, you know, watching – the basketball season unfold um so you know we've we've really just kind of had to buckle down with our kids and be like listen the priority right now has to be your academics and it has to be lacrosse and I understand you want to come here and you want to have a social experience when you're in college it's just that's not really the way that that things are shaping up right now um around the country so if you do come back you know for the spring because you know players did have the ability to opt out um, but if you do come back, you have to be two feet in. You have to be ready to make some real sacrifices above and beyond what it would require from you in a normal season. So all that said, yeah, I'm, I'm just super impressed. I'm impressed by the attitude. I'm impressed by the effort. I'm impressed that you know they've been able to absorb so much information and adapt on the fly so, so quickly. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you learn with the basketball situation? We saw both the men and, and women's teams, you know, stop and start and stop and start. And the same thing over at uh, UAlbany with the, with the men's program. And, and what did you guys take from that uh, getting prepared for this season? Well, obviously, I think the number one thing is COVID restrictions and protocol, they have to be followed to a T. Now, that's not to say that basketball wasn't doing that. I think basketball's in a little bit of a more uh, of a different situation just in the sense of you get one positive and it wipes the whole team out versus for us it's based on contact tracing so it could wipe the whole team out or it could not it kind of just depends on a case by case um but i think realizing just how important it is that each person themselves you know when they're away from the field and they're you know away from the coach's eye that they really are following the rules um and that we have just this a much stronger sense of accountability because this isn't like years past where if someone gets in trouble, it only affects them. I mean, one person isn't doing the right thing in their own time. They could subject the entire team to contracting the virus or to contact tracing. And that could mean losing one or two weekends on an already uh, limited schedule. So, and I think also learning from basketball too, 
you know, their their tournament seedings were based on wins as opposed to win percentages. And to win games, you have to play games. Um, so just realizing, like, every week, you know, we, we get back from Manhattan last night and we're talking about, okay, you know, we're being tested on Tuesday and Thursday this week. I know you guys want to celebrate the win, but really important that we're able to get to next weekend now. Um, and, and we always talk about the fact that, you know, it's not really game week until we finally get to, to game day. Obviously, we're preparing, but always have looming in the back of our heads. There are a lot of what ifs. There are a lot of things that we have to overcome on a daily basis to make sure that we're in a position where, you know, we have a complete roster or as complete of a roster as possible by the time we get to game day. So it's like you're uh, preparing for two opponents, the team on the field and, and COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about you. Got get off to a, you know, as we said, your best uh, start ever in program history. Start with a six-five overtime winner in Canisius on uh, March sixth, then the next day a seventeen-eight route, and then you follow that up uh, on Sunday with a twelve-five victory. What's been the key so far? Yeah, I think um, our first our first outing um, against Canisius last Saturday. I think you know we were we were fortunate to come out uh, on top with a six five overtime win i think that day i think I'm, i for both Kanisha and for us i mean it's a lot of players first time you know competing truly in in over a year and a lot of nervous energy a lot of excitement and finding a way to bottle that up and channel that in a productive way um, i think that's what both coaching staffs were really trying to harp on with their teams and I know for us, we had a very, very sloppy first game, 25 turnovers, when we normally average around 12. So, um, like I said, fortunate to come out on, on the winning side there. But I give the team a lot of credit. When we turned around to face Canisius again on Sunday, we made a lot of adjustments um, just in terms of, you know, how we were moving the ball on offense and things that, you know, needed to be corrected on either the defensive end or through our clear. And the team was able to really take that to heart in such a short window, short amount of time um, and and apply those adjustments in, in the game on Sunday, which obviously accounted for a, a larger margin of victory. Um, and then moving into this past weekend with Manhattan, uh, coming back from playing them last night, uh, you know, I, I think, again, now that we've had a full weekend of competition under our belt, the girls are feeling more settled in, and we're really just sticking to the scout and, and learning, you know, new sets each week that we're going to implement on the offensive end, depending on what sort of defense we're facing, and then our defense just doing a great job of each week all working together better and better, um, because that's really what defense is predicated on, is being able to work well together as a unit. Um, so... So I think those so far have been our keys to success is just the team playing together and meshing well and being able to be flexible and uh, adjust and adapt um, from week to week depending on the opponent. Yeah. Uh, Mary Sowers, uh, the 12 goals already on the season. Uh, Caitlin uh, Dowsett, 8-5 uh, for 13. And, of course, Nicole McNeely with her 100th point on Sunday. Just talk about, uh, and uh, of course, Andy Brennan too, and there were six goals. Talk about those four players and what they mean to the offense. Yeah, I mean, they're huge. Mary has gotten off to an amazing start, as has Caitlin Dowsett. And I think the nice thing about our offense is, you know, we have a lot of threats on the field. We're not just a, hey, we've got we've got two players playing offense and five other decoys out there. I mean, we truly have, anytime we put seven out, we have a full seven. 
Um, and so I think that that's what's been great. I think, you know, Mary in the past has been, I think, one of the more underrated players on our roster, at least by other opponents. Um, and so when teams have thrown their attention elsewhere, Mary's been allowed to step up and, and shine in those moments. Um, and I think that that's true at least at the beginning of this year. I think that might change a little bit. She's now going to become a little bit more of the focal point, I would assume, on uh, other teams' scouts. But um, she's, she's just on a day-in, day-out basis one of our most consistent players um, and kind of a do-it-all, versatile threat, both ends of the field. And then Dowsett has just gotten better and better every year. Um, she's kind of opened up. We've challenged her to open up her range of, of dodges. Um, you know, she used to have a one uh, one go to move that we kind of told her, "Hey, when somebody starts scouting that, you, you need to have backups." And that's something that she worked on a lot in her in her own time. Um, you know, during this fall and over the winter break, and I think you're seeing that pay off right now. Annie Brennan's back for her fifth year. She put grad school on hold to come back, and she's playing really well. She's always been a dynamic uh, threat for us. She's probably physically the strongest player on the field. Um, And you see that in her ability to dodge downhill really, really hard and be able to get off some really fast-paced shots. Um, And Nicole McNeely, uh, we give her a lot of credit. She was a low attacker for us playing at X, and we've kind of molded her this season into a two-way midi. So she's really um, broadened her uh, scope of abilities on the field just in terms of she's she's a consistent, solid defender for us. She's really helpful for us on the circle right now, and offensively she's still finding ways to quarterback the offense albeit from a different position. You know, she doesn't necessarily have to be at X. She's playing topside a little bit more from the wing. So she's just proven how versatile she can be. Um, So I think the four of them together, they've all been, you know, playing really well individually and as a group. And I think our other attackers on the field as well, they've been holding their own. How has uh, recruiting been affected by the COVID? Obviously, the the basketball was affected a lot with uh, the, the blackouts with uh, NCAA recruiting rules. I mean, how about you, you guys and uh, if anybody decides to take that extra year of eligibility? Yeah, I think it's been really hard. It's tough right now to, I think, be a high school student, a sophomore, junior, because you're looking at college rosters that are now just, uh, there's a lot jam of kids who are looking to use their extra year of eligibility, uh, and understandably so. So I think what would normally be, you know, coaches trying to bring in big classes of recruits, I don't know that that necessarily is going to be the case, um, you know, for these next couple of years, just because they have such uh, an, an overlap of upperclassmen staying. And I know for us, this has been challenging, just not being able to see kids, uh, one, you know, play in live and in person. Uh, we've had to do everything, obviously, um, you know, through, through film. But I think the other part that's been really challenging is just not even being able to meet these kids. Uh, we do everything through Zoom, and, you know, that's great and fine, but we we haven't had the opportunity to be with them in person. So we're making offers to kids and committing them without ever, you know, having met them or their parents live and in person. To me, that's, that's probably the most bizarre thing. Um, and I know that's really tough for kids, too. It's been like, hey, come to our school. By the way, can you come and visit? But we can't meet each other. Um, you know, and uh, try to get a sense for because I think for a kid, when you're when you're looking at a school, you know, obviously you want to go to a strong lacrosse program, but I think 
people too, one of the main things we hear from recruits is that they're really looking for a family atmosphere. And so our ability to showcase, you know, what our family atmosphere is, is like has been obviously challenged a lot by COVID. And we've been trying to be creative in the ways that, you know, we recruit kids and, and the things that we can show them about our school and our program. But I think not having that in-person interaction has been really tough. But that said, I think we're in a good spot, um, you know, for our 2022 class um, and, and looking forward to hopefully seeing some more 22s and 23s this upcoming summer in person. Well, Abby, I appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck uh, this weekend in Niagara, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Take care. Next up is men's head coach Liam Gleason. The Saints are off to an 0-2 start with a couple of one-goal losses. They were scheduled to go to Quinnipiac for their first road game of the season on Saturday. However, that game was canceled because of Quinnipiac going on pause because of COVID-19. Instead, Siena will face Canisius, the team they lost to in the first week of the season. Here is Liam Gleason. Well, Liam, welcome back. I appreciate you coming on here on the podcast. Uh, as we talk here on a Monday, a cold Monday, you just got done practicing. Uh, how, how was it out there? Hey, Ken, thanks for, uh, for having me again. Uh, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a cold, blistering uh, day. We, uh, you know, we were joking as a staff about uh, New York's seasons and how uh, we're certainly not uh, four seasons. I think uh, we had something going around where there's almost 12 seasons in the, to New York. You got, you got winter, and then you get the, you know, the, the fake spring, and and then comes second winter, and then comes the, you know, the third, uh, you know, the imitation spring, and. Then it's the pollination period, and then you finally get the spring. So um, I think we're in our second winter period. Um, as a staff, we've been joking about after last week having an opportunity to play um, with shorts and uh, t-shirts on and practice a lot. Today, the sweats came back out. Yeah, I mean, although uh, obviously the way it's been the past year or so uh, with uh, COVID, it just seems like it's been just kind of crazy for you guys. I mean, how you handled the whole situation? Yeah, you know, starting with last year. You know, there's uh, there's just so much that goes into it. Um, you know, after after losing your season, um, to how the summer was. You know, to, to you know, Zoom. We didn't know what Zoom was uh, on March 12th last year. To uh, to holding uh, by the time August came around to having over probably 50 meetings on Zoom. And um, you know, we had we had a lot to go through to uh, just to to come back to campus in the fall. Um, and then when we got back in the fall, it was. Um, how do you practice? What are the protocols? And, you know, we were limited to groups of 10 um, in the locker room, groups of 10 practicing at uh, on the field together. Um, and, you know, guys have to come in and, and get their temperature checked every day, do a daily health screening, uh, get a bracelet uh, or a wristband, I should say, um, you know, after they've been confirmed that they're healthy. Uh, so, they're, they're, you know, the guys have really um, adapted. You know, I think when we first told them what it was going to look like in the summer, it was probably like, uh, maybe sounded a little overwhelming, but the guys really adapted. They learned how to, you know, the things they needed to do. And, um, and we had a successful fall, um, you know, which really only included groups of 10 practice, which um, I think the guys, uh, we did a lot of really focusing on individual development. And the guys did a great job of that. And then, uh, you know, we put ourselves in uh, a good situation in, uh, over winter break uh, by, you know, staying in shape on our own, which was the longest winter break our guys um, have ever had. I think it was, you know, we got, we left right before Thanksgiving um, and didn't return, um, you know, till the second week of February, well, really almost the third week of February. Uh, started practice on February 15th. And, um, and, you know, it was just, uh, it was, 
awesome to be back out there. You know, now we're currently um, allowed to have our whole team together, our whole team in the locker room. Um, but when we're in the locker room, we're mask on and we're, we're in there for, you know, no more than, you know, five to ten minutes. We're just getting our stuff and getting out there. Um, the guys aren't showering in the locker rooms. Um, same thing when they get out of practice. They're, they're throwing their stuff in the laundry, getting changed, and, and getting to their dorm rooms to shower. Um, but we've uh, they've bought in. You know, we've um, we've also made some some taken some steps off the field uh, with you know who we are associating ourselves with. What are what are their um, everyday practices? Um, you know, we're not going to restaurants. We're not eating indoors. Um, you know, uh, not going to any bars, anything like that. And you know, our guys are really. I mean, it's it's uh, it's been refreshing, but it's really just just to see the guys how much. It means to them, and I think that's you know we're coming full circle now. We just passed the year mark when since our season's been canceled. But when you have something that so means so much to you, taken away, um, you're willing to go that extra mile when you get it back, you know. And and um, you know they, they they certainly know what it means to not take something for granted. So um, every uh, every weekend, you know, they're limited to how many people they can you know see in their dorm room by the school's uh, current um, you know. COVID protocols and, and they're buying in. We're buying in and it showed too because, uh, you know, we've done very well as far as all our tests, um, you know, coming back negative and so far we're, we're two games in and with, uh, with you know, not uh, very little to any um, uh, issues uh, with, with COVID. Because uh, uh, you've seen what, ha- what happened with the basketball teams, both the men's and women's this year. They had starts and stops and starts and stops. Did you, what did you learn from that? Yeah, you know, I certainly have uh, spoken to both staffs, um, the men's and women's staffs, and they've both given me um, some advice on different ways, um, you know, they've handled uh, some adversity. You know, I certainly think we're in a little bit of a different uh, situation, whereas we're outdoors um, for the majority of our time together. Um, and, and that's a big factor, you know, when you're outside and you got, you know, fresh air constantly flowing and, um, you know, we also haven't taken any away trips yet though. You know, once you get on the bus, it's a little bit different. We will be traveling with two buses. Uh, but you know, just, um, talking to some of the, you know, the, the basketball staff, so, you know, what are they doing on the bus? Are they eating on the bus? Um, you know, and, and how to handle, you know, when, when somebody goes down to, you know, the next guy up and then talking to your team. So um, it's good to see, um, you know, that both of them were able to make it to their MAC tournament. Unfortunately, I know both teams wanted different results, um, but they were able to finish their season, which, uh, you know, you, you didn't see with all the all the different programs and um, for men's and women's basketball. Yeah, you opened the season with two tough losses, Canisius, uh, both one-goal losses. Uh yeah, obviously the Canadian game didn't count toward the max, so that, that in a way helps a little bit. Uh, but I mean, how tough was it to lose those two games by a goal each? Yeah, you know, it, it, I think the first game losing the Canadians by a goal it, it hurt a little bit, but it was also, you know, we treated it like a game. We wanted that W, um, but it was also our first opportunity to play in over a year. Um, so the excitement and um, just the. You know, even even walking off the field with a loss, you, you felt a sense of accomplishment that we made it to to another game, um, and um, that was you know that was something to take away from it. And then we also had a lot of questions answered. We played a lot of guys. Um, you know, without you know a normal season, you're going to play two scrimmages before you first play um, you know your first out of conference game. So um, to get our first game in versus a conference opponent, even though it doesn't hold uh, any um, ramifications towards MAC. Uh, seeding or, or making a tournament, um, you know, 
you got an opportunity to play an opponent and you got a chance to see where you needed to improve. Now, against Monmouth, that was, you know, they're one of the stronger teams in our conference. They were preseason, I believe, three. Um, and we felt like we did everything we needed to do to win that game. We had the ball on our stick uh, with about a minute left and 70 in the shot clock. And we could have, we could have the opportunity to hold the ball and, and win the game. And, and we made some mistakes at the end there. And um, those are ones you'd prefer to be able to learn uh, through a scrimmage. But we had to learn it the hard way in, in, uh, in a game. And, uh, you know, we held them scoreless till two seconds left in the fourth quarter. And, uh, unfortunately, they were able to stick a stick a nice goal on a, a uh, two man down. We were two man down, and they were, you know, they had uh, they had six guys versus our four, and, and they made a great play um, and took us to overtime. And in overtime, we had multiple opportunities, and so did they. And it was it was just a hard fought battle. So, you know, talking to the guys today, you know, it definitely hurts. It feels like you know there was one we let slip away, but at the same time, we just have to continue to learn from from these mistakes, and then also, you know, look at the positives we're doing and, and the areas we have improved. And there's there's areas. Against Canisius, I thought we needed to improve. That we show we improve, we, we did improve versus Monmouth. So uh, you know, the, the really the process here is just the, the continuing to learn from our teaching points, trying not to make things repeat from one game to the other. Uh, and if we could keep you know taking steps forward, you know, we certainly have an opportunity to to be in the MAC playoffs when it's all said and done. And Chris, uh, Chris Anchores in net uh, on Saturday, twenty six save effort. I mean, you, you really can't fault you know, fault him for loss. He, he seemed like he had a great game that uh, against Monmouth. He certainly did, and uh, you know, Chris is—he's um, been the backup uh, the last two years, and, um, and and really coming this year, he just—he's been showing a lot of confidence, and and we feel like we got a really good group of goalies. They all stop the ball really well, um, but Chris is kind of—he's he, showing he's got a lot more of the other intangibles too. He clears the ball well, he he commands the defense well. So to start the season, he ended up getting a start, and I, I thought he did well versus Canisius. He only had seven saves on the stat line, but you know that was—he didn't see too many shots on cage. Um, but when he came out against Monmouth, he, he certainly was seeing—we uh, like to say—he was seeing beach balls versus lacrosse balls. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, he was making all the saves he should, as far as as outside shots. Uh, but he was also stealing a lot of inside, you know, one-on-none shots, and um, he kept us in it to, to the end. I mean, we wouldn't—we wouldn't have been where we were without him. What about the offense right now? I mean, uh, 13 goals in two games. Uh, do you expect uh, that to improve as the season goes on? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't think that was going into the season was going to be one of our strengths. Uh, we, we certainly have to improve on that end of the field. Um, we're getting scoring opportunities, which is um, you know something that's a positive to take away from it. It's, it's not like we're not generating um, good opportunities. We just we just got to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but uh, I really like the you know the guys we have out there, and they're starting to really gel uh, and develop some chemistry. Um, you know, usually defense gets their footing a little bit before the offense. Um, I did think with all the returners we had on offense that, you know, it wouldn't take them uh, as long as it has, but I do think we're taking great steps. Um, and, you know, Mammoth was one of, is one of the stronger defenses out there. And, and uh, you know, I'd love to go double digits versus them, but, you know, to, to do what we did, um, you know, we, we put enough in almost, <laughs> right, to win it, but uh, we just couldn't get that, that last one in, uh, in double OT. As far as the recruiting aspect, and I've been asking a number of college coaches about this with the COVID, with uh, the blackout rules as far as being able to go out and see 
players. It's, it's been a lot of Zoom meetings and uh, how difficult has it been? And especially with the, the you know, seniors, the certain seniors going to be able to play, uh, take an, uh, an extra year of eligibility. It's, uh, yeah, it's certainly, you know, you're always kind of a GM, I would say, as a coach, as part of your job is, is managing your roster, managing your team, but that, that took a whole other level, uh, went to a whole other level once, um, you know, the NCAA granted everybody um, another year of eligibility after the, the cancellation of the 2020 season. So now you are looking, We you know, we have um, uh, four guys who, who returned for a fifth year um, this past season. Uh, or, or currently on the squad, and, and next year we, we're you know we're planning about having probably have another four guys stay for a fifth year. So you take that into consideration now, and in, in, in your recruiting, and, and how many guys you're bringing in. Um, at the same time, it, it's important to continue to bring in young talent and um, continue to raise the bar in the locker room. Um, the, the Zooms uh, recruiting has, has certainly changed the game. I, I think it's probably something that will stay even, you know, if we uh, we start to see um, you know the COVID. Uh, go away or, or start to uh, make things a little easier to get out there on the road and evaluate and, and have um, have guys on campus. You know, currently we haven't had a recruit on campus since oh, in over a year. Um, if a recruit came on campus, they're, you know, they're doing an admissions tour, but we're not allowed to sit down with them in the office or, or personalize a tour um, with my coaching staff, all because it ends in a way dead period. So we do a lot of, like you said, we do a lot of Zoom calls, and we've uh, we've created some presentations, some PowerPoints, where we really try to give them a good virtual tour. Um, and I think it's uh, I think it's going well. You know, the the advantage is, you know, believe it or not, is you can get you know a, a Zoom in almost every day, uh, if not multiple Zooms uh, in a day. So you really haven't seen it affect too much of how how how, many, how guys are committing. We've actually seen a. Uh, an increase in, in guys making their college decision versus the previous year. Um, and I think it's just because how easy it is to jump on for, for these student athletes to jump on a Zoom with, with uh, you know, maybe five different colleges in one week. Um, now it's still up to them to come see the university or college and, and make that decision for themselves. But, um, you know, the, the convenience of being able to, you know, get on a screen and go face-to-face and, and, and have some kind of presentation to, get, to show them um, has definitely, uh, you know, it's changed the game a little bit. My thanks to Abby Rafus and Liam Gleason for coming on the show. But if you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. From the Putting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports. Be smart, stay safe, wear the face mask.